I'm going to speak on the topic, the battle cry of the warrior. Amen. It's the final part of the series I started some time ago, which Pastor also spoke on last week on the subject, Thy will be done on earth. Amen. So today I'm talking on the final part, which is the battle cry of the warrior. Amen. The songwriter here said, Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. The next verse. Lift up his royal banner. It must not suffer loss. Praise God. I think I have some problem with that statement. Praise God. Thank you, instrumentalist. God bless you. It says, it must not suffer loss. The reason why I said I have a problem with that is, to me, we are all entitled to our opinions. To me, it should be, it cannot suffer loss. Because, to my understanding, must not simple means it is possible that it could suffer loss, but we should fight. We shouldn't allow it. We, the soldiers of the cross, should do everything in our power so that it should not what suffer loss. But beloved. The kingdom of God is not built on the strength of man. Hallelujah. Come with me to 2 Corinthians. The reason why I say this should be so, when I'm singing it, I prefer do, saying it cannot suffer loss. Because the word can't be, it is impossible. It is impossible that what God says shall come to pass may fail. That possibility is impossible. Praise God. It can't be. Come with me to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 20. Today, I'll be reading some of the scriptures from the Amplified Version. 2 Corinthians, chapter 1. 2 Corinthians 1. It says, For every one of God's promises is yes in him. Therefore, amen, it is also through him for God's glory through Christ. What the Bible is saying here is that the promises of God has already been accomplished in Christ Jesus. It is yes and amen in Christ. It is something that has already been what? Accomplished. It is not, as far as God is concerned, when God speaks something, the Bible says, he declares the end from the beginning. So when he speaks, it is already accomplished. We are only vessels to be used to accomplish that purpose. Praise God. Let me, let's explain it into details. Come with me to the book of Acts chapter 4. Acts 4. Verse number... It's one of my favorite scriptures. Praise God. Acts chapter 4. We read from verse. Uh, let me take it from verse number 9. Get away too long. Let's just move straight to. Verse number 17, or even 16, sorry. Saying, what are we to do with this man? For that an extraordinary miracle has been performed by them, 
explain to all the residents of Jerusalem. That's from the Amplified Version. And we cannot deny it. I would say the Pharisees, the rulers, the politicians, in the days of Peter and the rest, they came together. They saw the miracle that was performed when Peter and John caused a, a cripple to walk again. And they said, look, this is real. We cannot deny it. We cannot say this is fake news. This is real. The people saw it, and they are testifying about it. So what can we do? What else can we do? Now let's see what they conspired to do. 17. But in order that it may not spread further among the people and the nation, let us warn and forbid them with a stern threat to speak any more to anyone in his name or about this person. So they summoned them and instructed them not to converse in any way or teach at all about the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. They said, look, okay. And you can imagine the threat. You guys, you are dead men if you speak again in the name of Jesus. This is the final warning. We don't want you to speak again in the name of Jesus. You can go now, but if we get you or we catch you preaching or teaching or even praying in the name of Jesus, consider yourself dead. Now let's see the response. 19. Okay. But Peter and John replied to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you and obey you rather than men, you must decide. I like the verse 20. It says, but we ourselves cannot help telling what we have seen and heard. Hallelujah. Now, Peter understood the threat very well because, I mean, the Jews are people that you don't try to pollute what they believe, even now, praise God. Thank God that the gospel is being fulfilled because the Bible says God blinded part of Israel that the gospel will spread to the Gentiles. So until the last century, speaking to a Jew about Christ Jesus, you, 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 they, they could harm you, praise God. How much more then? And not just ordinary Jews, but the politicians and the authorities. They said, look, we cannot help it. You can do your worst. But the gospel shall be what? Preach. Remember, I said that the promises of God are not built on the strength of man, but on Christ Jesus. They said, you can do your worst. You can... The worst they could do was to kill them. Praise God. We cannot but preach the gospel, preach what we have seen or heard. In other words, Peter was telling them, now look, you can kill us, you can do whatever you want, but this gospel shall reach the nations. You know, when Jesus said that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all nations. He knew of the opposition that awaits the messengers. Praise God. He knew that all, listen, all the disciples were killed. Apart from John, or, I mean, all the 12 apostles, in, and even more, some more, like Paul and the rest, they were all martyred because of the gospel. But that did not prevent the good news from reaching my village. Praise God. You see, one thing about the gospel is you can kill the messenger, but not the message. You can put the messenger in prison, but not what? The message. Because the, 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 the kingdom is built not on the messenger, but on the one who sent him. Even if the messenger refused to preach, come with me to Romans chapter 3. There's a scripture there that somebody will say, ah, but what if? Peter and the rest refused to preach the word of God. Let's see what would have happened. 
Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, put from verse 1 to, for us, please. It says, so what advantage does the Jew have, or what is the benefit of circumcision? To considering in every way, first they were entrusted with the spoken word of God. That means God entrusts the word of God unto what? The Jews. Mm -hmm. What then, if some did not believe, would their unbelief cancel God's faithfulness? Next verse. Absolutely not. Other scripture says, God forbid. God must be true. It says, let God be true, and every man a liar. So if I choose not to preach the gospel, that will not stop the gospel from reaching the ends of the world as God has spoken. And if I go out there and someone should arrest me and kill me, that will not stop the gospel from reaching out to the end of the world. Jesus knew clearly that, look, there will be governmental systems that will fight against the gospel. But what most politicians don't know is that the more you imprison the messages of the gospel, the more the gospel spreads. It's a mystery. Hallelujah. There has been many attempts. During the Roman days, there was a, an emperor named Nero. I believe some of us know about his story. He wanted to stamp out Christianity. But where is he today? Hallelujah. Because the foundation of the, it cannot what? Fail. Praise God. The next verse of uh, that song, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. Praise God. If we can have it. Mm -hmm. The next one. From victory unto victory, and this is a secret, his army shall he lead. In the olden days, much, even today, if you have a strong leader and a weak, what do you call it, army, the leader will in a way try to inspire them and they will begin to what? Fight or act like him. On the other hand, if you have a strong, I mean, a weak leader, a weak leader will go and sign some <laughs> negotiation and will sell you into bondage because it's a coward. You know, it is said of Alexander the Great that he conquered so much in his days that he wept. When he saw all that he has conquered, his kingdoms and domain, he wept because there was no more powerful king. I believe there might be kingdoms then. But they were not known. There were no more powerful kingdoms for him to what? Conquer. And he just he said something, and I put it down. He said, I think I've quoted it here before. He said, I am not afraid of an army of lions led by a sheep. I am only afraid of an army of sheep led by a lion. Now, when I was preparing the message, I decided to involve my kids, and I asked them, what do you see? What is your opinion? What is the meaning of this statement? I, I, and I, I gave them a high five for the answer. Now, this is what they said. Uh, the, and they said, they all agreed. One person gave the answer, and the other person said, yes, that is what he, she also feels. He said, because the sheep leading, I'm quoting them, said, the sheep leading an army of lions will make them become timid like sheep. But a lion leading an army of sheep will train them to be like and fight like lions. And I said, give me five. Praise God. You see, the victory of the church is not dependent on our strength or the size of the church, but on who our leader is. Wherever Alexander so may be resting today, I believe if you ask him, his opinion about the strongest, the most powerful army on earth, he will tell you the church. Praise God. Do you know the church is an army? It's not just, it's an army. Praise God. And there are two reasons which we're going to look into. Number one reason, 
because of who our leader is. And number two, because of the weapons of our warfare. You know, the weapons of our warfare are not of this world. They are not weapons that need to be updated. When you look at the weapons that was used in Alexandra days, if you use it today, even, the, even my, 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 my village army will defeat you. Praise God. And if you consider the weapons used in the first world war compared to the second world war, there was vast difference. And today, I was doing some research and I found out that there are so many nuclear warheads in our world today that can destroy the whole earth and everything over and over again. But you don't need to be scared because it will never happen. Praise God. Because there is somebody who watches over his word to do what? To perform it. Now let's look at the weapons that God has given us. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6, we read from the verse number 10. Yeah. It says, finally, be strong, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Mm -hmm. 11. We are going down to 18. Put on the full armor of God. And armor is not meant for anything but for warfare. Praise God. That you can stand against the tactics of the devil. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of, of evil in the heavens. This is why you must take the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. I like that. Hallelujah. The Bible is admonishing us as Christians that we are in a battle. We are in a warfare. From the day you gave your life to Christ and make him your Lord and personal savior, you entered into warfare with the forces of darkness. Amen. And the Bible says that we must what put on the whole armor of God. Now from the verse 13. It says, having done all, you must stand. 14, please. Stand therefore. Look at the first weapon. How do you go to war with this kind of weapons? Praise God. Hallelujah. It says, stand therefore with a like with truth like with truth like a belt around your waist. Well, this is a different translation, you know. He <laughs> said, stand there for, you know, sometimes because you have it in mind, you want to just <laughs> so you are caused to come on, hold on and check what is there. He says, stand there for with truth like truth like a belt around your waist. Hallelujah. We live in a world where for you to be considered a smart guy, you must know how to play your cards. But the Bible says that we must put on the belt of what? Truth. And the breastplate of righteousness. In an evil world, praise God, next one. And your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Mm -hmm. Above all, taking on the shield of faith, that's cool, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fairy darts of the wicked. Mm -hmm. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praise God. Now, when you look at all these weapons, it is only the 17 and the 18, especially the eight, uh, the 17, the latter part of the 17, the B part of the 17, that is both defensive and offensive. The rest are all for our own defense. The helmet 
was used in Roman days for the protection of the head. And the Bible says that what we must, that means we must fill our minds with what the word of God. And take on the sword. It is with the sword that what we attack. How do you send someone to war with a word? Hallelujah. Praise God. The, our weapons, they are completely different from the weapons of this world. That is why I had big problem with the crusaders during those days. They didn't hear from God. They were led by the devil. Praise God, it was not in the will of God. Because the weapons we fight with, like the song we used to sing, this is how we fight our battles. When he feels we are surrounded, we know that we are surrounded because he will give his angels what charge over us. Hallelujah. Because of the weapons we have, we become invisible, we become undefeated. Paul wants us to master the use of these weapons because they are so powerful against all forces of darkness. As a matter of fact, behind every throne, there is a spirit. I'm not being superstitious, but there's a fact that behind every throne. Now, it, it, it is strange that when you go through the history of kings, including this country, you see it's full of bloodshed. There are so many secret things that have been done. That is why there was a time people, I remember when I was young, we were growing up, and there was a big debate about if believers should be politicians. There's nothing wrong with that. We have to be there. Because the Bible says that what we must obey authorities. Hallelujah. And like uh, my tomorrow used to say in his message, you are affected by a system that you live in. When you live in a certain system and they impose certain law, for as long as you are there, you will surely be what affected. So it's good we have men up there. Praise God. But God is telling us here that we use, he has given us some kind of weapons which are completely different. We are in warfare. That is what I've come to tell you today. And we ought to know that it is both spiritual or physical. Praise God. Because the attack would come either way. That is the enemy. The enemy, the Bible calls him the lawless one. He has no regard to the laws of God. His, his only means and purpose is to what? draw us like pastor said last week. If I am to go down, that is the devil's strategy. All those people learned that from the devil. The devil was cast down and hell was prepared for him. He said, oh, me alone going to hell. He was not satisfied with the one-third of heaven host. He wants as many as humans as possible to go down with him into hell. Like we all know, God will not send anybody to hell. We sin, which is a choice we make. Praise God. So look at our weapons. The word of God, hallelujah. And because of who Christ is, Praise God. Church, if you are in the Lord, the good news, the assurance is that the battle, the end of the battle has already been determined. The songwriter said, from victory unto victory. Because God has already decided the end of it. What we need to do is to just walk in his will. Like the songwriter said, we must trust and do what? Obey. That is all we need to do. Praise God. This year and the years ahead, we must be ready to face all forms of what? Opposition. It could come in different forms. Just as a child of God, know your stand. Know your word. That's why the Bible says we must have the helmet of salvation. Know where you stand. Know what you believe. And never allow anything to what? 
destroy what you believe. Praise God. Because the most dangerous weapon I've said here before is belief or doctrine. What you are made to believe. Because what you are made to believe, will, you, 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 in the end, if you start defending it, just like when you believe the word of God, you go by God's word. Amen. Last time I ministered here on this topic, I listed out some things that I learned from Nehemiah's prayer and bedding. Number one, I said he was sad because he identified himself with the sufferings of his people in Jerusalem. Number two, he knew that that was not the will of God for his people. Therefore, he was filled with holy anger. Anger is good, but it must be channeled in the right direction. Hallelujah. Sometimes you need to be angry to perform certain actions. Praise God. He knew that God's will for the people of Israel, 100 years before, even, uh, I mean, let's say 70 years before he was born, was that they should rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. They went there, but nothing was being done. So he was filled with what? Holy anger. And I said he believed that God is no respecter of persons and can use anyone who avails himself to fulfill his will. For he chose to devote his life for this cause without any angelic visitation or vision from above. He didn't wait for God to say, Nehemiah, I have chosen you to go to Jerusalem and do A, B, and C. He just read from the scriptures, like we heard last week. Daniel read by books that 70 years was determined for the people to be in captivity. And he said, that's enough. Once God has spoken, if Daniel had prayed 30 years into the time, nothing would have happened. He could have fasted and prayed and died in, in the fast. Hallelujah. But when he read that 70 years was determined, he said, that is it. We have the same scriptures. Praise God. Now, let's, uh, let me add just one more in the next 10 minutes, and then we, I, I, I stop. The last thing was that he was prepared for any form of opposition. Praise God. You know, sometimes when you get a message from God, or you know you are in the will of God, or you know what you are doing, some men of God even say that, oh, if God is in it, there wouldn't be struggle. It's a lie. I used to believe then that what belongs to you, no matter what happens, will come back to you. I don't believe that anymore. Instead, I've come to believe that what you deserve, life will not give you what you deserve, but what you rather fight for. Amen. There are so many instances we can give in the Bible. In the life of David, David was anointed when he was just a boy, a teenager. But when you see the struggles he went through before he became king, many, time, many times he, Saul wanted to kill him. And a whole army was released just to get one man. And to the point that even when he wanted to build a temple for God, God said, no, your hands are full of blood. So I will not have you build that temple for me. I will let, hallelujah. In some cases, it is true. When God gives you a message, everything goes smoothly because he's going ahead of you. In some cases, or in most cases, there is a battle. There is a warfare. There's something to contend with. Praise God. Now let's see Nehemiah's story in the next few minutes. And I listed four main or four types of challenges he encountered. Now come with me to Nehemiah chapter 4. Chapter 4. 
He says, but when Sambalek, okay, first come with me to chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 18. Now, Nehemiah, after he actually prayed and God favored him and gave him all he needed, when he got to Jerusalem, this is what he said to the leaders. He said, I told them how the gracious hand of my God had been on me and what the king has said to me. They said, let us start rebuilding. And they were encouraged to do this good work. Now, so from this scripture, you could tell that God was 100% involved and happy about what Nehemiah set his heart to accomplish. He said to the people, look, this is what happened to me when I was in Persia. I spoke to the king about my pain and he gave me all that I needed for this mission. So we have the backing of God and we have the assurance of the emperor. So there was therefore nothing to be afraid of. And the people's hands were strengthened. They said, okay, let's get into business. Let's start working immediately. Now, when they start the work, let's see the kind of oppositions they face. Chapter 4, verse 1. Verse 1 to 4, it says, But when Sambala heard that we were building the wall, he was angry, and in that great rage, he ridiculed the Jews. So the first opposition or challenge was mockery. The verse number 3. Now Tobiah, an Ammonite, was near him, that is Sambalek. And he said, what they build, if a fox climb upon it, it will break down their stone wall. Hallelujah. They started mocking them. He said, what are these, what, what do you think you are doing? But they started with mockery. Hallelujah. He said, look, leave these people alone. What they are doing, even if a fox should jump over it, that is the end. And it's happened so many times. Where is the God you are serving? Sometimes you want to start a business. And as soon as you start and things are not going home. I give this person three months. Some will say I give you six months and everything will collapse. Mockery. Praise God. But let's see what Nehemiah's response. Verse 4. And Nehemiah prayed. Oh, our God, for, and they might pray, Hear, O oh, our God, for we are despised. Turn their tongues upon their own heads and give them for a prey in the land of captivity. Hallelujah. You see, I like Nehemiah's response to every form of challenge or accusation. His first turn is not to the people. What do we do? These people are mocking at us. He first turned up to God. He said, God, listen to what they are saying. You have sent us to do this, but these people are mocking at us. He prayed. So when, when people are mocking at you or saying all sort of things because of what God has set in your heart to start, tell them, like a, a Sinaj song, it doesn't matter what you see now. I can see what? His glory. Hallelujah. Because we look beyond what we see. We look to the end of the product. Hallelujah. That is where our focus, that is where our eyes are set on. Now the second thing was anger, plots of attack. Anger stroke plots of attack. Nehemiah 4, the same 4, 6 to 8. Can we have Verse 6 to 8 on the board. So we built the wall until the entire wall was joined together up 
to its half height, for the people had the will to keep working in spite of all that the, 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 their enemies were doing. They were united to what? Pursue the will of God. Mm -hmm. When Sambala, Tobiah, and, Ar and the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the repair of the walls of Jerusalem was progressing and that the gaps were being closed, they became what? Furious. Anger. After Moku, after the people started laughing at you, and when they see that you don't give up, but you are still pursuing your cause, they get what? Angry. And this is very common. Even in us, in, in, in secular life, praise God, when enemies of progress realize that, look, this person is adamant. He's got that resilient spirit and he's still pressing on. The next thing is anger. They become furious. They try ways and means to what? Deal with you. Mm -hmm. the, verse 8. They plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw it into confusion. You see? So not just anger, but what? Plotting to attack. And it could be physical or spiritual based on who your attacker is. Praise God. So it is not strange when you have a vision, when you have something you are pursuing. It could be any vision concerning the church, the will of God, or a personal vision, a dream that God has given you. And, uh, I mean, people seem to be attacking you from all angles. Know that it is common. Don't say God's hand is on it. God is right in it. Praise God. All he's saying is he's urging you to what? Move on. Fight on. Press on. Paul said, I press on towards the mark of the high calling. So never get discouraged when you get to that stage. Now the next stage from there was deception, blackmail. Deception and blackmail through a, a, a false negotiation. Praise God. Come with me to uh, Nehemiah chapter 6. They tried mock mockery. It didn't work. They tried to fight physically and spiritually. It didn't work because, let me tell you why it didn't work. Because Nehemiah adopted a war strategy that <laughs> I think some war generals might not even think of. He divided the workers into two, half doing the work and the rest fighting, ready, holding the sword to do what? To fight. And with the people building still have sword with them. And he also said to them that, look, we are few and our enemies are many. So when you hear the trumpet in one side, all of you stop what you are doing. Let's come together and fight as one man. Hallelujah. A complete war strategy from above. Praise God. For that period. Amen. Not for every time. Hallelujah. So chapter 6 and verse number 6 to 8. Now, this is what a letter he got. He said, in it, that was a letter from the enemies. In it, it was written, it is reported among the nations, and Gershon agrees that you and the Jews plan to rebel. This is the reason you are building the wall. You are building the wall. According to this report, you are to become their king. That means he was plotting to be crowned as king. Next verse. And I've even set up the prophet in Jerusalem to proclaim on your behalf. There is a king in Judah. These rumors will be heard by the king. So come, let's confer together. False accusation. Hallelujah. Blackmail. Has someone tried to blackmail you at work? Stab you at the back? Someone you trust so much? Just because they envy what you are doing. You may not be the first person. You are not the first person. You may not be the last. Hallelujah. Nehemiah faced it. 
as a matter of fact, I've come to realize that the greater your calling, the greater the challenges. Hallelujah. Somebody said great victories are won in great battles. So if you have great challenges, it means there is a great calling upon your life. All you need to do is to stand firm, not give up. Praise God. So let's see Nehemiah's response. Mm -hmm. Verse 8. Then I replied to them, there is nothing to these rumors that you are spreading. You are inventing them in your own mind. He says, he was a very smart guy. He said, look, I know of your plots. All that you are doing is to weaken me, is to get me be discouraged. Now, when somebody who hates you so much see that you are progressing, and he said, please come, let's do joint business. Be careful. Come, let's negotiate. I mean, I could see you've got this potential and I've got this. So, you're, you know, to even, the person can even quote scripture. He said, even your Bible says, one can set thousand to flight, two can set together. We, be careful. Because he hated you in the first place. And then all of a sudden, he made a U-turn. And said, come, let's negotiate. Let's go. Look, we'll put everything on paper. We'll call lawyers. Be careful. Hallelujah. They have a bad intention. You don't negotiate with the devil. Hallelujah. Now, the, the fourth one is, to me, the biggest test. And that is, it's also a deception, but through false prophecy. Hallelujah. Chapter 6, the same chapter 6 from verse 6 to 14. Okay, we've read to the verse 8 already. And we saw, the, okay, let me read the 8 again. Then I replied to them, there is nothing to this rumor that you are spreading. You are inventing them in your own mind. Verse 9. For they were trying to intimidate us, saying they will become discouraged in the work and will never be finished. But now, my God, strengthen me. Again, what did he do? He prayed. The next verse, please. We are going all the way to 14. So, he went to a house of Shemiah, son of Deliah, son of Mehitabel, who was restricted to the house, that is the house of God. He said, let us meet. He said, let us meet at the house of God. Mm -hmm. Let's, inside the temple, let us shut the temple doors because they are coming to kill you. They are coming to kill you tonight. Now, Nehemiah was invited to a man of God, a prophet, at a time. And the prophet said to him, he gave him a prophecy. He said, Nehemiah, I have seen a vision. You must not stay in your house tonight. You must not continue this building. You have to come with me to the temple, to the house of God, and take refuge there. Because the, your enemies, already he knew that he's got enemies. He knew that Sambalak and the enemies have plotted. I've seen the Lord said they are coming to kill you. Tonight, you will not live to see tomorrow. Your work will go in vain. So come with me. Let us go. And I find that very disturbing, Pastor. Because he was not talking to any other person. If it had been any ordinary person, he would just get away. But he was talking to a prophet, a man of God, somebody who claims to hear from God. Praise God. Now let's see what happened. Next verse. But I said, hallelujah. I can see Pastor Dele in this. He said, should a man like me run away? Hey! Karabo Satayane. How can I enter the temple and leave? I will not go. That man is very smart. Because it is very easy to deceive somebody with the saying, that saith, or I hear God says. Because the first thing, God, especially if you are a child of God. But this is a prophet. Now let's see, next verse, please. 
He said, I realized that God had not sent him. Because of the prophecy, because of the prophecy he spoke against me. Tobiah and Sambalad had what? Height of height of abomination. A prophet being hired to prophesy lies to kill a man of God. And that can it could it could have worked easily. That is why what, it, that's what we need to, I, I said to myself this year, I don't have anything but to draw closer to God. That's what we need to draw closer and more closer to God. Hallelujah. Because this was nobody than somebody who was always in the house of God. That is where he lives. That's where the prophet lives. So when he went, they said, look, you have to come and hide in the temple of God. But I love the answer. A man like me. To flee, no way. I'm not going to do it. Praise God. Next verse. He was hired so that I will be intimidated. That is his prayer. I say, do as he suggested, sin and get a, uh, do as he suggested, sin and get a bad reputation in order that they could discredit me. 14. Now his, his prayer, my God, remember Toba and Sabara for they have, for what they have done. And Nodia, he now added the prophetess to it. And the other prophet who wanted to intimidate me. That means it wasn't even one person. Hallelujah. You see, if it is one, just one person, you could do. And he, they included a lady because we know women shy from speaking lies. You know, most of them try to speak their truth, especially when it has to do with God. But in this case, a prophetess was included because they know if it is just men, they will say, oh. But they included all the prophets. Can you imagine? Just one man. He said, look. So you can imagine that create a scene. Hallelujah. He said, look. One person will say, we heard God said. And even another will add his voice. And this person will add. And, but he knew he has heard from God. Church, when you hear from God, and in anybody should say otherwise. Refer back to the basis. Refer back to what God said. Refer back to the one who spoke to you before you respond. It has happened before in the days of a young man who was sent to give a word. And an elderly man said to him, also a prophet, that, hey, I heard the word of God saying something contrary because he was told not to sit down, not to eat, not to greet. He said, oh, come on. I heard God said, I have changed my mind. You can now eat this delicious food prepared for you. And, and the same prophet now spoke again and said, look, because we disobey God, a lion is waiting for you outside. Church, whatever we face. One thing we should know is that God knew it ahead of time before it happens. Bible says there is no temptation that has overtaken man except that which is common to man. So what you set your heart to do, know that challenges, oppositions are part of the game. They will come in different forms, from different angles, and from sources that sometimes you don't expect. But always remember who your captain is. He said, Lord, I am with you until the close of age. That is the army you belong to. Not the type of army that the captain will run away when he sees danger. Or the captain, you know, in the olden days, most captains of war are rather surrounded by mighty men. So ask myself, what kind of captain is this? But the one we serve, he goes before us. He said, I am with you until what the close of age. I will never leave you nor forsake you. All we need to do is to dwell in his word. 
And victory is assured in 2022. And whatever you set your heart to do, beloved, no matter what challenge, what opposition, know that he is with you. He will never leave you. Neither will he forsake you. He said he has set us or written our names in the palms of his hand. No matter what happened, he is with us. As he was with Nehemiah, so is he with us today. As he was with Moses, so was he with Joshua. And so is he with us today. And he has even given us a better somebody who is the Holy Spirit to be with us continually. I came to encourage you today that you are, like Pastor said, conclude, in conclusion, you will see that the world, I think we, it's, it's, it's best we read it here, then we, we, we end it. Uh, let's read what happened. When you go through all the challenges, the next verse, please, the next chapter 15 of verse 6. It says, so the world, let's read from the amplifier. So the world was finished on the 55th day of the man Elu in 52 days. I wonder how like the last, but in 52 days, they finished the war. 16. When all our enemies heard of it, all the nations around us feared and fell far in their own esteem. For they saw that this work has been done by our God. Let me read it from this. When all our enemies heard this and the surrounding nations were intimidated and lost their confidence, for they realized that this task has been accomplished by God. Hallelujah. When you might be going through the challenges, people may not see. Some may say, oh, he's going through this because of A, B, and C. They pursue. In the end, they will see that this is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous. And the fear and the dread of your God will come upon them. They will know that the hand of God is upon you. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and begin to bless the name of the living God. Give him praise and give him glory. For he is God. He has never changed. As he was with the people of old, so he is with us. We are the vessels that he is depending on to bring glory to his path. To, 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 to this generation in the name of Jesus to bring glory to his name in this generation lift up your voice and say God I am ready I am ready use me in the name of Jesus use me to your own glory use me to fulfill your will use me in this 2022 I am ready for your calling I am ready to go wherever you send me I am ready in the name of Jesus Christ I am ready for the opposition I am ready to avail myself I am ready, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise and glory. We thank you that you are with us and you will never leave us nor forsake us. Your promises are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. I pray that we will put on the whole armor of God in the name of Jesus. We give you praise and glory. Thank you so much, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Our Father, we are grateful to you for your word. You have not called us in vain, but that your glory will be manifest in us. We pray that we will be able to live to our calling and to meet your expectation and the standards that you have set for us. We thank you that your grace is sufficient for us in every turn on the way. We give you glory and the praise that in the end all glory will be given to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.